it really kind of opens up a lot of conversations to have, obviously about sustainability, about good plants to plant in your yard. It helps connect kids to like nature, but it also gives you an opening or a platform to talk about how to really support your native plants, your native pollinators who are so important to your ecosystem. Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. I'm Kathleen Hughes. In today's episode, we're diving into a fascinating and environmentally conscious trend, beekeeping. Our guest, Amber Lover, is an experienced beekeeper and librarian from the Salt Lake City Public Library in Utah. Amber will share insights into the growing trend of beekeeping and its pivotal role in promoting pollinators, sustainability, and community engagement at public libraries. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. Why don't we get started with how did you get a beekeeping program started at your library and what inspired you to start it? I actually did not start it. What happened was in 2009, our city passed an ordinance basically making beekeeping legal in the city for residences. And in 2010, the city had its own beekeeper, Frank Whitby. So he approached the library about putting hives on our roof and he started that program. And how did you get involved? I of course, became fascinated by the beehives because I had never been that close to a beehive. It was really cool. And a lot of times I was working at the desk on the fifth floor where Frank would come to go out to the bees. And so a lot of times I would help him with like small things. And then I moved to a different department and my office backed where the bees were. And eventually I just got my own coat because I was doing more and more stuff to help. Is Frank still managing the bees? No. One of the ways people learn beekeeping is through a mentorship. So basically Frank was like my mentor for a while. And then Frank moved in 2017. And when that happened, then I got my beekeeping license I started taking classes, one of the classes from University of Montana from beekeeping. I just really dove in and became the beekeeper. So licensing is required for beekeeping. Here in Utah, you should have a license. You know, it helps the city know where the beehives are. Are you following the city ordinances? They have city inspectors who can come out if something happens or if your bees get sick. And then you're also notified if any bees are sick around you. So bee diseases can be a problem. A huge problem. Pretty much every hive. Let's talk a little bit about how it works at your library. I don't know if you're familiar with the Salt Lake City Public Library. It's huge. It's in the middle of the city and it has like a rooftop garden, but they're redoing the roof. So the bees are offsite with me. What it's going to look like in the plans is there will be a place that's sectioned off and it's kind of up closer to the building and there'll be a big glass wall where people can see but they can't have access and all the hives will be behind that glass partition and kind of up against a window that goes inside. So people can either see from inside out the window or come all the way to the side where it's just glass and be pretty up close to where I am working with the hives. And I can show them pretty closely, which I'm actually very excited about having that because then I can walk up to the glass and like show patrons like a frame or something that I'm looking at. It's like a little bit easier, which is going to be great. Beekeeping might sound intimidating to listeners. Can you share why it's worth considering for a library and its community? I have found that it really kind of opens up a lot of conversations to have, obviously, about sustainability, about good plants to plant in your yard. It helps connect kids to like nature and also really opens up the conversation about pollinators 
And the bees in your own backyard. Technically, honeybees are not native to America. And especially here in Utah, we have an amazing native bee population, more important than honeybees. They pollinate a little bit better. They're native to the land. And so because it can give people access to beekeeping, they can see it, they can taste the honey, but it also gives you an opening or a platform to talk about how to really support your native plants, your native pollinators who are so important to your ecosystem. Does the library harvest the honey? or We do. It's done at the same time every year. In the fall. I believe the New York Times just came out with an article about honeybees and ecosystems. And a lot of times when people talk about save the bees, they're not necessarily talking about honeybees. They're talking about your native pollinators. One of the benefits definitely is continuous learning, connecting people with nature, connecting people with ways to help their native gardens and their native pollinators and things like that. Also, there's a lot of science in beekeeping, and that's always really fun to explore and get into. And there's a lot of really great things to learn about the way bees behave, why they do the things they do. They're extremely fascinating. One of my favorite, favorite things to talk about. All the bees in the hive have a job. There's caretakers. There's bees that tend the queen. There's bees that protect the hive. There's bees that collect pollen. Every bee that works in that hive is female. And there are only a handful of male bees, and those are called drones. Their only job ever is to mate with a queen. So they leave their hive to go mate with a queen. And if your hive has drones, then your hive has the resources to have them. And that means they're doing well. You know, a lot of people think the queen kind of runs the hive, but I would say it's like that group of older workers who really decide what's happening because they will decide if the queen is even doing a good enough job. And if she's not, they'll take her out. So were you ever afraid of bees? I am allergic. I always make sure I'm wearing my coat and my gloves and I always take a deep breath and it's very meditative to like go through my hive and check everything and I'm slow and I'm deliberate to kind of help myself and help them. But you know what helped me not be afraid of is like any other bug, really. What is the cycle of beekeeping? Can you talk just a little bit about that? Because like what happens to bees in the winter? If you get a new hive, you're going to get it in the spring. And then the summer, your bees will just be going like normal bees. You'll want to do a mite treatment. You'll kind of get that on a schedule. I think that kind of depends on like where you are. And then in the fall, you're going to harvest any extra honey, not all their honey, but extra because they definitely need it for the winter. So in the fall, you start to get them ready for the winter. You make sure they have enough resources. You'll notice they'll start to get a little um, defensive during that time because they're like, okay, it's starting to get cold. We need our resources. And then here in Salt Lake, because of our winters, I winter my bees. I make sure they have two deep boxes of resources. I give them what we call um, a sugar board. And then I give them a quilt board too, which helps with moisture inside the hive. And then I wrap the hive and leave a small opening for them. They don't hibernate, which is what people think, Mm -hmm. but they basically control the temperature inside the hive with their wings and beating and their bodies. And so they keep that hive warm to keep their brood and their queen alive all winter. But bees cannot fly if it's under, I think, about 50 degrees. Early, early spring, once it warms up a little, you'll start to see them come out to take cleansing flights. Or if it's like a really warm day in the winter and then they can get out and get back in, they will. And then you just sort of hope (laughs) that they do okay 
And then in the spring, when it's warm enough, you open them up and see what's going on in there. And now a quick word from the Public Library Association. Hi, everybody. It's Kathleen Hughes with PLA. I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that registration is now open for the PLA 2024 conference scheduled to take place April 3rd through 5th in Columbus, Ohio. Visit placonference.org to get more information and to register. And now back to the show. What kind of programming have you done around the bees? We do our honey harvest where people can come and see me harvest the honey. We do a public naming of the honey. We run a little contest for people to name the honey. We've run contests for people to name the queen. We enter our honey every year in the fair and then people can see what we won. They can see our honey at the fair. We also have a really beautiful community garden at our library and they invite me to come and talk about bees or beekeeping. I'm sure it inspires people who kind of have an interest in it to like get started because Because if it's happening at the library, you can get a lot Mm -hmm. of information and support. Or if you're interested in it and you don't really want to do it, or I also just don't think it is for everybody, especially considering the effect the honeybees can have on your native colony, but it gives you a place to see it, see it up Mm -hmm. close, experience it. And I think that's really great. Can you highlight any resources or partnerships that have been particularly helpful in developing and sustaining your beekeeping program? I joined our local, it's called Wasatch Beekeepers Association, and I have a mentor named Jess who helps me a lot. And since I'm a registered beekeeper, I have access to like state inspectors, city inspectors. It is not something you do like in a silo. I really have a huge community here that I can lean into, which is great. What is the community reaction to the bees? Oh, I think people love them. And we get questions all the time. Where are the bees? Are the bees okay? What are the bees doing? People will stand there. They love coming to the honey harvest. They love naming things. It's really fun. Have there been any memorable moments or stories you can share? Right after Frank left, and it was probably my first year alone with the hives, we entered our honey into the state fair. And I went to the fair to see what we won. My honey had no ribbon. And I was like, okay, that's okay. It was your first year by yourself. Like, that's totally okay. And so I said to the lady, she was still like, had her box full of ribbons. I said, hey, I can see my honey doesn't have a ribbon, but can you tell me what it did place? Because we always tell the community. And she said, oh, your honey won. It won the whole thing. Like you got the big ribbon. Um, She was like, I just haven't put the ribbon on yet. That was so incredible because you get like this big purple and white ribbon. Congratulations. Yeah, it was really great. And I almost cried because I was like, it was my first year alone. (laughs) So just a really great experience. Yeah, that's a great story. What advice would you give to other librarians or communities interested in integrating beekeeping into their library offerings? If you want to keep bees, the first thing I would do is definitely research and just learn as much as you can. Finding out your local city or state ordinances and laws around keeping bees, understanding the impact that you're going to have, and understanding the responsibility that it's going to take because it is like a part-time job. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I don't know if people really understand that. And there's just so much to it. So as much research as you can. That's a lot of great information. That was Amber Lover, librarian and beekeeper at the Salt Lake City Public Library. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. For more FYI episodes, visit publiclibrariesonline.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.